Good afternoon and welcome to WEHC 90.7 and you're tuning in to She Walks with Sharon Bowers and Carly Blaylock and just another walk in the park for us just trying to figure out how we can help ourselves as well as others get to freedom because freedom in any form is so important uh, we often hear it said and and this is probably a paraphrase of it but if anybody's in bondage then all of us are in bondage or another way it might be say, said is if if we're all not free then no one is free and so we're talking today uh about um celebrations and how important it is and we're just uh finished celebrating um Pride Month, and so we wanted to continue uh, talking a little bit more about that and just kind of grounding and giving us some information. So, Carly, welcome. It's good to have you here with us today. I don't know what we do without you. <laughs> well, it's great to be here. So, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Pride Month and, you know, maybe give some definitions and kind of uh, just talk about the importance of inclusivity. Um, we always hate it when we have to have months to celebrate really who people are. It's always disconcerting, whether it's Black History Month, whether it's Women's History Month, whether it's Pride Month. All of that says that there is something inherently wrong about us as people when we have to take demographics and celebrate demographics rather than celebrate all people with all of whom they are all of the time. So uh, it's bittersweet, but we, we, we take what we have and we work with it. And we hope that months like Pride Month can help to get people to be more inclusive the other 11 months. So, yeah. So yeah. And, it, and then, Carly, I think we wanted to talk a little bit specifically today about women and Pride Month. Yes. Um, so we are an intersectional feminist podcast. So we definitely, you know, want to look at those intersections. But we wanted to highlight in specific... Um, women, women, uh, the women of pride. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before we jump into that, just to kind of give a little bit of a foundational piece, um, Pride Month celebrates um, LGBTQ plus pride. So um, the lovely rainbow of identity that is there. Um, and it's celebrated every June um, because the Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan happened in June 1969, which was um, a big protest um, for the liberation of um, LGBTQ plus people. And it was actually led by several transgender women, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but that is why we celebrate it in June. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit of a foundational piece there. Well, I was looking and I was doing a little research before today and I was looking at, I cannot think of the two transgender people that were part, that started that whole demonstration and movement, if you will, after Stonewall. One of them is Rivera and I want to think the other might be Jackson. I'll, I'll look that up. Uh, to, I've got it right here. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, then you, you, can, you can tell us a, a little bit later, but yeah. um, when I was doing that and I was looking, I was just kind of thinking about... You know, so many people give their lives so that other people can have a certain amount of pride and uh, a certain amount of dignity and hope and all of those things. And I thought about the 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 lives of people who've gone on before us and especially the lives of people in the LGBTQ plus community. 
Um, Carly, can you help with uh, just helping to define? I, I think you might do it a little bit better than me, but um, you know, just the terminology, the acronym. Why do we use it, and how did we get it, and where it comes from, and all of that. I think that might be important for our listening audience to know because I often hear people say all those letters, and yeah. they say it kind of tongue in cheek. I don't think they're really being rude, but they haven't taken the time to to get to know what each of those letters stand for. And so they just say, oh, the alphabet or something kind of, you know, that's not, uh, it's just not the best way to honor and describe the people that the acronym is talking about. So can you help us a little bit with that? Sure. So um, the acronym that most people use is LGBT. I think more commonly now is LGBTQ+. Um, There are other acronyms like LGBTQIA+. But essentially, each letter represents a an identity within that grouping. And I think LGBTQ plus has become the most common because it sort of allows for all the varying identities that sort of fall under that umbrella. So um, L is for lesbian, G is for gay, B is for bisexual, T is for transgender, Q is for queer, and the plus kind of adds in any other identities that may or may not come up under that umbrella. Um, And the Q can also stand for questioning. So people who are questioning their sexuality um, fall under that umbrella as well. Um, And queer has been a term that has been basically re-adopted by the community to take the power back from that word. Because as we know, queer has traditionally been used as a slur against um, people who are LGBTQ, um, but it's been reclaimed by the movement Um, And a lot of people will choose to identify as queer instead of identifying specifically as gay or lesbian or bisexual. Um, And we know that the identities under LGBTQ plus can deal with sexuality, so people you're attracted to, but it can also deal with your identity, your understanding Mm -hmm. of self, so your gender identity and your gender expression. So lots of intersections going on there. Um, And the original uh, acronym was GLBT. So gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, but then it was changed and flipped to LGBT to give lesbians the first kind of foothold in the in the acronym um, as a as an honor to all of the lesbian women who um, supported their um, gay brothers as they were dealing with the HIV and AIDS crisis. Um, So it was a it was a solidarity, but also an honoring. Um, and part of the, what we wanted to talk about today was the amazing women who really were at the forefront, nursing um, gay men, making sure they got their medications, helping them get to their doctor's appointments, all of that stuff. Because as we know, um, HIV and AIDS hit the gay male community hardest. And um, so, you know, there was a lot of stigma. People didn't want to take the time to help gay men deal with this illness and this, this disease. And so the lesbian community stepped up and, and helped to fill those that slot. So, um, you know, they were incredibly important in that movement. And so giving the L the first place in the acronym was a was an honor for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for anybody in our listening audience, you can pretty much go online and Google if you want to know the specifics about any of the gender identity uh, that that Carly shared with us. I think at uh, uh at gaycenter.org about we'll have all of those really outlined with specific ways to help people. I think sometimes people don't know 
and it's rapidly changing. And language is critical because language is critical to the task of world building. And so if you don't know, then you've got to figure out what it is. And so you just have to do your research. And I was laughing the other day and telling somebody, people can't even lie anymore because Google is at your hand. You know, if somebody tells you a lie about something, you're like, let me just Google that real quick. Or I'm sitting around and I'm wondering about something. And I, I just wonder for a few minutes. And back in the day, I'm old enough to know that we used to have encyclopedias. And of course, they were dated, but they were the best you had. But now, you know, you can get that information. So I want to encourage you to go to whatever website. I just named that one because it, it really outlines the LGBTQ plus um, that Carly talked with us about. But it's just uh, gaycenter.org about slash uh, uh, hashtag lesbians or whatever you want to do. And you can find that and you can find all, all the different names. But so we're celebrating June LGBTQ. Did I get that right, Carly? You did. <laughs> I, I got them in the right order. <laughs> uh, Pride Month. And so June is Pride Month. And, and so we are celebrating. One of the things that, that I found, there are so many people who identify in the LGBTQ plus community that we overlook or we don't bother to celebrate. Now, I don't think you need to wear your sexuality on a sleeve, whether you're hetero or not or anything like that, but we overlook that part of so many people. I was thinking about people like Polly Murray, you know, who fought feverishly and aimlessly and really is part of the whole civil rights movement and really is a catalyst for it. And all we can think about is Martin Luther King Jr. And we can't think about Polly Murray because her human sexuality, her gender identity would have caused an uproar in the black community and in the community at large. And so we played down her efforts, you know, and there's so many other people uh, like that, uh, that we have, we, I was looking, um, uh, looking at some of the singers, you know, uh, who uh, were part of the LGBTQ plus community, but it was always overlooked. And then even the pressure on some of them to marry, two or three times because society was saying that, that they weren't going to be accepted any other way unless they came with all the bells and whistles that heteronormity requires us to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly right. And I think within the LGBT community, I feel like there's much more acknowledgement of those individuals, but outside that community, there's really not. And a lot of people don't know the history and you know, as we're focused today, particularly on women, but the incredible people in general, who you know, of this movement. And I think to get us sort of started in, in diving into a few of these individuals, um, I think you have to start with Marsha P. Johnson and Stormy De La Varie, it's a, uh, a New Orleans name, so got that right, um, who were, you know, the women who started um, the Stonewall riots. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they were the ones that really kind of kicked off this whole movement. And, um, you know, Johnson was um, a, a black transgender woman and, you know, started those riots and um, she joined the Gay Liberation Front and she was also very active in um, the AIDS organization ACT UP. Um, and, you know, she struggled with homelessness her whole life due to her, her identity and the way that she presented herself. And I think, I think she, to me, would be kind of like the quincentennial or the beginning of, you know, the whole uh, trans activism kind of mm -hmm. piece, because without, I called her Jackson earlier, but yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. It's Johnson. But without her work, you know, uh, the trans community would have, you know, continued to be pretty much uh, 
relegated to comedic relief and all of those things, you know, like because you were trying to be who you were and, and somebody saw that as, as something funny, quote unquote, as something different, as opposed to I am becoming who I am. And Absolutely, so yeah. that activism, I think, was critical. And, you know, she gave her life in that process. And then all of those people who, you know, Stonewall, all of those people who, I mean, you can you just imagine the the oppression that, that people face for something like just being who they are. It's this age old thing with race and gender and all of those things. They all go together. But can you imagine you're in a nightclub, you feel like you're in a safe place. You're, everybody knows that it's safe to come here if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's been established that this is a safe place to come, but all of a sudden you're there and here come these police officers coming in. I mean, hassling you and harassing you and beating you and taking you. And I, I think that's like what protests now when people take to the streets and they say simply, we're just not going to take it anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And that sort of leads into to Stormy's story. Um, she was a black lesbian. Um, she performed um, on stage quite a bit, and um, she she it, it's legendary. Now we don't really know if this is a hundred percent true, but it is the legend that she was the one that threw the first punch at Stonewall. So oh, we wow. will give her that honor. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah, go Starmy, go! It's your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and she worked as a, um, a bouncer at many bars and the bouncer, then she was protection, right? She was there to make sure that everyone that was at these bars was safe um, and make sure that they it remained a safe space for particularly lesbian women. She worked with a lot of lesbian bars, but she was an incredible woman. And so her and Marsha are like the, you know, the mothers of this movement, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is really powerful. Yeah, that that that's good. And we we think about all kinds of other people just real quick. I mean, I think about Audrey Lloyd, you know, uh, I'm just thinking of some names of some people, um, even, you know, like um, um, uh, Sally Ride, you know, Billie Jean King, you know, Jane Addams. I mean, these are just people, regular people going about changing their world and changing our world in the process and not being able to celebrate who they are. It, it kind of had to be kept as a byproduct. It's kind of like, yes, for some people who are black or Latinx or, or something else, you, you get to be who you are, but if you're anything more than that, it's like, it's an exception. It's kind of like that exceptionality kind of thing. So you can have Jane Addams, who's a suffragist, who's done all that settlement work or a social worker, all of that, and make a difference you know, to, uh, uh, to, to society, even now the, the, her work is still part of social work. It's still the way we do it after yeah. Hull house, after, you know, all of that about taking care of women and children and everybody, we're still doing that, but nobody really wants to say, Oh, and by the way, Jane Adams is a lesbian. You know, nobody wants to yeah. say that. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. So much of the time people's identities are brushed aside. Um, and, you know, that happens in history. There's a joke um, where people will write, you know, find like historical love poems between two men or two women. And they'll say, oh, they were just really good friends, you know? And it's like, well, you know, like the Emily Dickinson poems, right? Um, yeah. For yeah. years, it's been debated whether or not 
she was um, a lesbian and was writing these poems to her lover. And I mean, if you read the poems, there's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, but again, people still debate it. And it's, you know, trying to intersect all of those identities together. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you how do you take, you know, an amazing astronaut? and say, oh, you could be an astronaut and we can use you as a role model, but never, never talk about your sexuality. Never talk about your gender identity. But we're going to say that you're one of the greatest astronauts there ever was. Uh, but, you know, we, we can't, and we're going to celebrate you in school, but we're never going to mm-hmm. talk about the whole you. We're just going to talk about the part of you, which is one of the reasons why I think Pride Month or any of the other months that we have is so important because it, it is inclusive. We do get to talk about all of what or who somebody is. It doesn't have to be compartmentalized. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually kind of brings me to another woman I wanted to highlight. You and I um, later on this month are going to talk a little bit about black feminism versus white feminism and a few, you know, kind of the direction feminism's going. Um, But Barbara Smith is a black lesbian activist, writer, an educator who was influential in developing the idea of black feminism, right? And Mm -hmm, the black feminist mm -hmm. movement. Um, and she um, was involved in the civil rights movement and helped establish um, the Combahee River Collective, yeah. um, which was an organization of black lesbian feminists, which is really cool. Um, she also founded the Kitchen Table Women of Color Press with other um, lesbians of color, including Audre Lorde. And um, she published a text, one, one of her, two of her most famous works are The Bridge Called My Back, and I am your sister, Black women organizing across sexualities. So she is an incredible woman. And I just wanted to kind of highlight her since we are going to be talking a little bit more about Black feminism later this month. Yeah, I'll be glad when we do that. She, uh, she part of that, she's also part of the book. I can't think of the name of it now. I was looking around my office to see if I could find the name of it so I wouldn't misquote it wrong. But um, she and Patricia Bell Scott and some of them... Um, some of us are brave is the end of it. Uh, some of us are men. I'll, I'll try to find it before we get off today. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Today, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, know. I was looking around my office to see if I could find it. But some of us are brave. All the men, all the, all the women are white. All the men are black. But some of us are brave. I think yeah. that might be the name of it. It and, is. Uh, is that? All, all the women are white. All the blacks are men. But some of us are brave. Yeah, yeah. And so Barbara Smith is part of that. She and Patricia Bell. Scott and uh, I can't think of the other person, but yeah. So yeah, but I mean the the Combahee Collective is really a, a I, I think every collective thereafter patterns itself after this group of lesbian women coming together, a few allies, but mostly lesbian women coming together again and and saying we're not going to take it. I have a mantra that I say. I say all the time. I say I don't want to do this. I don't have to do it. I'm not going to do it. So I say that all the time. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't have to do it. And so I think the Combahee River Collective, you know, I think they named that after uh, the Combahee River, which is was part of, um, oh, and I, I know it's not our subject today, but in, in indirectly it is our subject today after Harriet Tubman, you know, bringing people to freedom and using that river as part of it. And so they came together to have those conversations and to talk. And they really have shaped not only black feminism, but all feminist movement from thereafter. Because, and again, I think it's their way of saying, we're not going to take this anymore. You're not going to deny us 
who we are academically, who we are socially, who we are politically. We are who we are, and and you're not going to deny us. So yeah, yeah, that was powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important because it feels like sometimes people's identities are in conflict or it feels like, well, there's certain things that have to come first, right? So, you know, the civil rights movement was focused on black liberation, right? Um, so we're not going to talk so much about the LGBT part of it, but you can't liberate one without liberating the other, you know? So all those identities, when we talk about identities intersecting, I think that's really important versus thinking about, well, I'm this and this and this, because all of the identities that intersect all play off each other in very complex ways. And so you can't say, well, I am a woman and I'm also a gay woman, right? The, the gay and the woman have to go together because your experience, you can't separate those two, right? Yeah, which is the whole piece behind, behind intersectionality. You know, yeah. it, it's really hard, hard to do that. I was thinking about, you know, this whole um, LGBTQ uh, plus Pride Month. Um, you know, the thing that's really good about it is that it's international. Yes. You know, it's not just limited to the United States is that, yeah. you know, people all over. And I know that I think it was what Bill Clinton, who back in 2000, about 20 some years ago, 20 plus years ago, who deemed the month of June to be gay and lesbian pride month. And as you said earlier, they chose that because of the connection to Stonewall. But now it's accepted across. It's international. Yeah. And so you can look June anywhere. I was looking online and saw people in Amsterdam, you know, celebrating Pride Month. And so yeah. that part of the bigness, if you will, of something like that, I started out earlier by saying, why do we have to have months? But when something can catch on and can be celebrated throughout the globe, you know, for affirming people, then I think that that's pretty positive. Yeah. And it definitely ties into the conversation we were having a few weeks ago about Juneteenth and the the double-edged sword of it right of we want to celebrate this particular group of people and we want to celebrate the accomplishments of this group and the liberation of this group right however the fact that we have to celebrate it the fact that we have to draw attention to it um and the fact that a group of people were oppressed um systemically interpersonally for so long is is that really something to celebrate and it kind of you know again going back and forth back and forth on that but i do think ultimately um it's important it's very important and it is great to see that it's international um and i know that many countries have their own celebrations and, and dates when things were you know when things happened but to see that june has really taken on this it, this meaning um for multiple countries is amazing yeah and 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 i don't know if we have time to talk about it carly maybe that'll come up in something else but also i was just reading recently about just the invisibility of lesbians in American history or in America. Mm -hmm. And you were just talking earlier about, you know, Emily Dick Dixon, you know, you're talking about, it, it's so easy to downplay, uh, you know, human sexuality or to say that it doesn't matter when it matters most. I mean, it's part of who you are, but when, when you're looking at uh, how that actually happens and, and one of the things they said that research in women's history often uh, depends on autobiography you know, the writings, the diaries, the letters, the memoirs, the poems, just like you were just talking about. And it's so hard because men have been and are the keepers of that 
information. And so they don't want to admit that this could be love letters from a woman to a woman. So they want to tell us this woman had to be writing to a man, you know, how she, there's no way she could have been saying that about a woman. And so, you know, getting that information and bringing it to the forefront is, is really difficult because we, we wanted to, I mean, I think a lot of it to, to women's credit, a lot of, uh, the lesbian relationships do have such a powerful element of friendship that it's it's difficult uh you know to to not honor the friendship but but it's challenging for most people to uh to acknowledge the sexuality piece they'll go so far as to say like you said they're great friends we talk all the time in the bible about solomon uh, about david and um Oh, I can't think of the name of the other person, David, and it'll come back to me. But we talk all the time about their great friendship. But in actual fact, it's a love affair. <laughs> it literally well, says that he loved him as if he as he would a woman, right? Yes, I mean, exactly, like... <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the keepers of this kind of information, the purveyors of this kind of information are the ones that can decide how, what gets out and what doesn't get out. And so, you know, I, one of the things that I hope that, you know, Pride Month does is that it brings to forth, brings forth the, you know, makes lesbians or the, all the the whole lgbtq plus but makes makes people more visible yeah and i think that that piece of it is getting better people are more willing to acknowledge historically accurate information but it is very interesting because you still run up against it you still run up against you know scholarly articles that are very well researched saying things like well they were just really good friends mm-hmm. and you know or and it's clear that there was something there that's, I mean, they're in their own words, there was something there. Right. Um, and so, you know, we have to stop ignoring that part of people's story. Um, because as you said, it is integral to their, to their story, to who they were as people. Yeah. You can't separate it. I mean, it's like, you can tell me that you'll take some of me, but you won't take all of me. Right. You'll take a bit of me, but, but you won't take all of me. And so that, that says that really that, that all of me, is not welcomed. And so if, if a piece of me is not welcome, then none of me is welcome. And so we, we spend all of our time from dominant groups, uh, trying to compartmentalize subordinates. And, and that's what I think we've done. And so this pride month, I believe June gives us an opportunity to say, Hey, look at all these people and more and more. I mean, somebody said to me one time, well, where are all these gays coming from? Yeah, exactly. Have you heard that, Carly? Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. You know, and and it's like what they're missing is the 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 freedom from oppression piece. You know, the LGBTQ plus community has always been there. Always. Always been there. Yes. It's just the uh not creating an environment where it was safe or whether it was encouraging for me to be who I am or for people to be who they are. You know, that 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 that's why I, I mean I firmly believe for for the LGBTQ plus community that the visibility that we now see is is akin to Pride Month and finding safe places and safe spaces for people to. I had a professor at college and I don't know if it was his or not, but he said this. He said and, and he was a, a gay man and he said I just want everybody to be who they be. Right, and I've never right. forgotten that, you know, and, and like I said, I don't know if it was Dr. Godman's, if it was his original or he got it from somewhere, but he's the person that I heard say it. And I've thought about that many years is that if people could just be who they be, wouldn't the world be a much better place? 
It definitely would. And I would love for us to maybe have another show talking about this because there's this whole colonialism piece tied to the erasure of the LGBT figures of history, right? Mm -hmm. Because in other cultures and in indigenous cultures, in many African cultures, there's not the stigma around LGBTQ plus people. And so this idea that there were no gay people or very few gay people, and then all of a sudden there's all these gay people, that's a very Western white idea. That is yeah. not a idea that is present in other cultures. So that would be a whole other conversation. We are coming to the end of our time, but sometime we'll dig into that. <laughs> well, we, we just wanted to make sure that our listeners knew that, uh, that uh, we were coming on the tail end. We had some programming already and we might not have gotten right on June Pride Month. But we, what we really want to say is that all the months, not just the other 11, but all the months belong to all people. And so we want to encourage our listeners to reach out and to learn more and to just look. I mean, just Google sometimes and look at uh, LG, L, I, here I go, I'm trying to go fast, uh, LGBTQ plus people in history. And the list is extremely long. And it's people that you have regard and respect for that you may not have known that they were part of that community. So there's lots to be celebrated, not just during June, but from the other 11 months as well. Absolutely. And I just want to leave us with a few things. If you are in the local Abingdon, Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City kind of area, um, there is a local organization called Tri Pride. They are an excellent organization. Um, they do a lot of educating, but they also have a lot of resources on their website, which is tripridetn.org. If you're looking to connect with other people, if you are looking for support or organizations um, that can support the LGBT com community, you can find those there. Um, they are also hosting a Pride um, event. They're actually hosting it in August, August 27th. Um, and it's going to be in Bristol. So if you are interested in going to a Pride, attending a Pride, seeing what it's all about, um, definitely go to their website and look at that and join us there. Um, so I want to thank you all for um, for joining us today. I, this was a very important conversation, and I'm really happy we were able to have it today. Um, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about women in clergy, um, spiritual female leaders, which will be fantastic. And we have our own Reverend Sharon Bowers with us, <laughs> who is a woman clergy herself. So it's going to be a great conversation. So I hope you will join us next week for that. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. See you all next week. Don't forget, if you want to want to join us or be our guest, that you contact either me or Carly, we'd be glad to have you on our show. Absolutely.